Today we are talking to Masha, or as she's known on Instagram, Codeine Blonde. And this episode is part of a special series where we went out and found the most influential developers on Instagram. And we talk about women in tech, her time working at YouTube, and making complex topics simple. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go! This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So I, I found you on Instagram mm-hmm. and you have like 21,000 followers, right? Currently, yes. Yeah. So I was amazed by that. So then I thought, all right, well, that's interesting. I was actually flicking through my feed and I saw a uh, bright blonde hair next to programming code. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I click on it and I'm like, oh, this girl like does programming and she did stuff with Google and like, she's interesting. So then I went and looked for some other coding like influencers, people that were popular at the hashtags, right? Mm-hmm. Did you, do you know that they're like, it's predominantly women? Uh, yeah, they're amazing at it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was blown away by that. So I was real excited because that's, that's, a, um, you know, as your YouTube channel says, and as a lot of things that I read on your blog, uh, it tends to be predominantly male, but then you go on Instagram and it's predominantly female. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are quite a few male uh, coders as well uh, that are big influencers. Well, big in this, um, I would say, area in this, um, yeah, subgroup. But still, yeah, it's it's very, very much uh, female dominated. Maybe it's, you know, comes from the use of the platform and who actually uses the platform. Maybe that's the thing. But um, yeah, it's it's great. There are more girls coding every day. Absolutely. Do you, I want to get a list afterwards of some of the other <laughs> people because I couldn't find them. Yeah, sure. Like I could find, I could find that developer and he was great too. He puts out lots of content. Yeah, there, there are quite a few girls um, and they're all collaborating between each other. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, I saw that. And then, and then same with Steph, you guys are all like, you all know each other. All the top people know each other. Basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they're all coming on the show, by the way. Really? Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. This this next week, we've got Miss Brandy Morgan. We've got Steph. We've got just the whole a whole list of them. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I'm actually uh, doing a live stream with Miss Brandy Morgan an hour after a conversation. That's awesome. Oh, today? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. How are you guys doing that? Um, via Instagram. Instagram live streams. Yes. Have you been doing a lot of those? Um, I've done a few, but I'm still getting used to the whole idea that it's being translated to 21,000 people. <laughs> it's uh-huh. still a little crazy and then getting bombarded by comments. So I tend to do it more on my YouTube channel, uh, because there I can kind of read the comments and scroll through them and talk to the audience much better than what Instagram um, allows me to do because right now they disappear and it's just super difficult to keep and um, keep up to date with what people are saying. So it's it's easier to engage with your community on YouTube. Um, I feel like like it is. Yes, maybe other people will have a different experience of it. Is that because of your work at YouTube? Like, did you were you in charge of that? <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not trying to promote that. No, I was actually working with uh, creators, and I was um, 
helping them find the right strategies for their content and their businesses. But um, yeah, this is definitely something that another team does. <laughs> so you did you did that primarily in Russia? Is that how you got your start? Uh, yes. Well, I lived in London while doing that, but I was working with the Russian market and um, traveled to Siberia and all those fun places all the time. It was amazing. <laughs> During during my two years at Google, I've uh, taken and these are some of these are for my personal um, my personal travel, but I've taken 118 flights during two years. It was insane. Wow. Yeah, I believe it too. I was reading through your your bio, and I was like, wow, this this human has been all over the globe. Did your parents travel with like take you and, and travel with you a lot when you were like growing up? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, they're the ones who kind of gave me this love for traveling, love for discoveries. Um, yeah, we did so many amazing family trips. Um, I've been all over the U.S. actually before I moved here. Um, just, you know, Alaska, Utah, Nevada, like all these, you know, not so... Um, conventional places like people would like to go to New York as their first place or um, somewhere in California. We were going hardcore. <laughs> and were you, who were you traveling with around the United States? Uh, with my parents and my humongous family. How big? It's like super large? Uh, well, I have five siblings and then wow. aunts and uncles and, um, you know, they you just got like a bus. You got a bus, and then you drove we got a bus. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so you you were doing some work with connecting with the creators at YouTube, and then you got into coding. You wanted to do some coding stuff. I want to hear about that. So actually, um, I started my blog before joining Google. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it was. Um, I started it probably two months before I got my offer. Um, and it basically comes from my nerdy childhood. I was a very nerdy child. I actually did some projects with Visual Basic and all that stuff, and then kind of forgot about it all and came back to it after doing my master's, and I realized that I need to teach myself how to, myself how to code, and I wanted to document that. Um, so I started my blog. I checked if uh, Coding Blonde was a domain that I could get. I could, so I started the blog. And two months later, I started working at Google. Actually, no, a bit later because I'm Russian, so I needed a visa. But um, once I started working there, uh, my learning process and my learning curve has really dropped because of how busy and intense it was and amazing also. Um, but yeah, now I'm onto my next opportunity and I'm starting it all over again. But my mission is to help women to understand that, um, tech doesn't have to be intimidating. The, the, those stereotypes, they were kind of created artificially with a PR campaign. And so tech is fun and it doesn't have to be intimidating. That's the main thing. That's the message that I want to send so that women can explore the different opportunities they have for themselves because some of them might be amazing at it. <laughs> I agree. So I was looking at your, I, I went through your whole YouTube channel, by the way, today before the call like, oh, wow. <laughs> with our team. I was like, all right, let's go, con let's go completely consume Masha <laughs> and figure out who she is as a, as a carbon-based life form. So 
I, lots of thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Lots of positive thoughts. One of the things that came into my mind was when you were explaining you like UI UX, mm-hmm. I've seen it explained very, like a variety of ways, right? But often it's explained uh, with that or even programming things with like, a, it's a screen capture, right? Or something like that. Or it's a person talking like in front of a whiteboard and it's very complicated and very detailed. And I really liked the way um, you presented the content. It's like, it's not what you said, it's how you said it, you know? Thank you. Um, well, that's the whole point you know i want to show that it can be fun and doesn't have to be a whiteboard or a computer screen it's you know you can explain these things with um, examples that we understand that we can relate to and that i feel like at least this is how it is for me once i understand something i can actually apply it much better and i want to learn more about it so i'm just basically applying the same principles as uh, it's the same learning principles as I would like to uh, be using to my audience. Have you heard of the Feynman technique? No. What is it? Yeah. Welcome to my world. I just learned about <laughs> it too. So I, I wrote a book and when I was talking about the book, I was explaining to the people I was writing it with, like how I, how I work, how I make things simple. Right. Uh-huh. From, and I do it for myself so I can understand. Right. There, and so I'm explaining this to them and they're like, oh, it's like the Feynman technique. And I was like, hold on a second. Oh, I got to go lear- learn about this. This guy named Richard Feynman, he's, he like, this is life work, like life's work. He, I think he's passed away now, but this was back in like the sixties. He created this thing called the Feynman technique, which is how he makes really complicated things simple. And if you, you know, read an article or two about it, it just gives you like a million new ways, uh, of, of improving how you do that right you're already doing it you're doing it great it's like you're a great communicator and the way you were explaining stuff is is awesome but thank you uh, that took me like a step farther that's awesome thank you so much i will put that on my amazon list of things to buy <laughs> yeah no i just read a medium article oh no, a i just read it yeah it's a medium article about him and it explains his life work and like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Then, then I'm going on medium. <laughs> right. Even better. So how much, how much time do you spend? Uh, how much time do you spend coding like on a daily basis? I don't really do coding for myself. At this point, I am uh, more researching the different resources there are because my priorities have shifted. At, at first, I wanted to learn how to code myself. Now I want to help others learn how to code. And so I'm researching the different um, resources and trying them out for myself. So I have very basic skills, but um, I spend most of my time seeing what's out there, how people can learn how to code. And in terms of time allocation, it's very, very uh, varied because I also work at a university right now and it's taking half of my time. So it just depends on the day. Sometimes I'd be working mostly on the university stuff. Sometimes I'd be uh, working on um, coding blonde stuff. And of course, content creation takes a lot of time, especially when it comes to video. I'm sure you know with sound, it's just the same, you know, audio content. It's just the same. It takes a while to do the research and um, sometimes to prepare and to do it. And then editing, the, this is the part that everybody kind of overlooks, but it takes probably 
usually the longest uh, before you can actually publish it. So it really depends um, on the topic and on my week and on the meetings. I don't really have a set timeline that I stick to. Do you know Gary V? Have you heard of him? Yes, I have. Have you heard of his document, Don't Create? No, actually, I haven't read that one. Yeah, so he's got, I don't think, it's not a book. Um, he just, I think if you YouTube it, you know, that that title, that that phrase, you'll find different clips of him talking about how he does it. But he's basically like produce lots of content at scale and don't get fancy with it. And don't try to create content as much as you document content. So like the way I see that, how I'm doing this with you is I'm not creating this content right now. I'm just talking with you. This is just you and me having a conversation and content's the byproduct of it. And that's documenting and, uh, and that's way easier. So the production is, is way faster. I agree. That's, that's definitely scaling it. That's definitely scaling it. Like we have no post-production right now. We're live streaming. Like this is, this is it. That's awesome. We post-produce the crap out of it when we go to podcast uh-huh. because we want high-quality audio. Of course. You know, because it's like a different audience over there. They demand like a, a better quality. So we we do we have Jake and he spends a lot of time um, watching him edit is like watching someone play a video game. It's crazy fast and he's <laughs> clicking everywhere and it's just it's I don't even know what's happening. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, um, I guess my biggest problem and why I like to you know do more preparation is because English is not my first language so sometimes I feel a bit um, self-conscious especially when it comes to grammar and just messing up sentences and being like oh my god I don't even understand what I said. (laughs) Oh well please don't worry because uh, I only know one language and I could barely say I know that. (laughs) You can ask the editor of my book. (laughs) Fair enough. They do the red editing, you know, so you can see what was changed. And I I don't even know how to use a comma apparently. So I love it. It, It's just getting it out and communicating and then not holding it up. When we were watching your video, I was telling Jake, I was like, dude, this is cinema quality editing. She must've spent like insane amount of times editing. Uh, no, actually it, it, you know, it starts at first you take a long time and then you get used to it because it's also a learning process, right? I'm not Mm -hmm. a professional editor. Um, and they take a much shorter time, uh, to edit stuff. So yeah, it's becoming quicker and quicker, but still it does take time. You mentioned, uh, that you work at university. Like, where are you? What are you working on? Uh, Yes, so I'm a global entrepreneur in residence at CU Boulder, and it's an amazing, amazing role, a great challenge um, after being in a, you know, big company. Basically, it's a team uh, within a university that is that is trying to make the university more innovative and um, to encourage entrepreneurship on campus. And it works like a startup within the university structure, which is fascinating to me. And I've never thought that I would go and work at a university because, you know, seeing it from a student perspective, you only think that there's in the in this ecosystem there are students and then there are professors and it's kind of this relationship between them but you don't see the huge bottom of the iceberg that's the research and all that stuff that goes behind the scenes from the student's perspective um and it's it's amazing to work in that environment 
we're working on um, a lot of different projects and I will be mentoring a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and startups on campus. So I'm very excited about that. What type of startups are they like technology? But like, what are they? Yes, everything. So I went to, um, because right now um, it's kind of been a dead period because everybody was on holiday. But before everybody went on holiday, I managed to um, attend one event. Um, it was a get, get Seed Funding where the startups ranged from um, digital art, digital design. Uh, this one girl wanted to create a comic about... Um, why smoking is bad. And then um, it went to, you know, uh, an alternative application to um, Slack or, you know, other team collaboration, team communication um, softwares. And there was also, there, there were so many different startups. And since this is Colorado, there was also, also of course, a weed-related um, startup, which, you know, blew my mind because I was like, what is happening? Uh, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, Slack is the best. Slack is the best. I don't know how those guys are going to top it. <laughs> no, like they're just, they're going to, they win, like Slack wins. I know, I know. We're having some of their product people, like executives on the, uh, on the show next, uh, this month, next month. Oh, yeah. So we're amazing. really excited. Yeah. We were, we were going for April Underwood, who's like their main person, mm-hmm. um, yeah, main female head of, head of product, I believe, or user experience. Uh, and, but she's on, she's on maternity leave, which is, I was like, oh, we have something to talk about then. Cause I just ha- I have a four month old daughter. Oh, so like, I'm nice. going through that right now. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm sure you will bond on the, some parenting yeah. techniques. I would, sit there, I would sit the you know person that's in between is like a picture. I was like, oh look at the daughter. It was, it was pretty exciting. That's very very nice. Yeah. So so do you do you engage with your audience about the type of content that you're producing to figure out what they want? Yeah, definitely. Um, I really make sure that the questions that I'm answering are the the right questions. You know. So for example. This month, I'm doing a lot of content around UX, so I want to go deeper into what UX is, uh, the process from A to Z, um, the different career paths and the learning paths there are. And I asked my audience, what do they want to find out about UX? And they gave me an insane amount of questions, which were super helpful and um yeah, they're, they're amazing. So I'm now super excited to answer their questions. And of course they know I'm going to do that. So it's, it's a very, very amazing process. It's kind of community building about around this subject. Absolutely. That's what got me excited when I was engaging with your content. It, it's always interesting when someone's frustrated because they want more, right? Like yeah. I I'll write an article and it'll be short because I like short succinct concepts like here's a concept here it is enough said like all the focus on that and i'll post it on like reddit or hacker news something i get a bunch of likes and then a bunch of comments saying too short and i'm like don't get upset guys <laughs> like that's what i felt like was needed to cover the topic right yeah exactly so so your focus now is more on yeah i was thinking you got me thinking masha you got me thinking with the stereotypes and all the stuff you, you talk about on your channel and like reading your, your bio, you got me really thinking about all of that, like the stereotypes, the sexism, all that good stuff. And then I also thought like, 
some funny thoughts, right? I, I don't think if you walked into any programming like pit, you know, like where a bunch of programmers are sitting and like walk up to them and let's just say that they're predominantly male, right? If I walked up to them and I was like, hey guys, we're going to have, you know, three blonde program, uh, very skilled blonde programmers come in and blonde female programmers, right? Because males can be blonde too. Uh, yeah. And work with you. Like, I don't know one developer and I know you know, hundreds, if not maybe a thousand, uh, that would be like, no, <laughs> everyone would be like, yes, please. Thank you. Like we need, <laughs> we need more, we need more girls here. Like, no, I don't know anyone that's like against it. I agree. Well, I mean, there are debates in the industry and there was the famous, uh, memo that came, that kind of, um, shook the world of tech not that long ago. But, um, I think that the stereotypes are almost predominantly in females' heads because they're the ones who are not going into uh, the computer science classes or they're not pursuing a career there. But that's the thing. They still need to be addressed. And this is why I'm really trying to create content for women, not for men to be like, oh, women can exist in the same room as you and they can code. No, women need to be empowered. So that's the whole point you know i want to help to empower these women and show them that these stereotypes they're just in their heads dude wow marsha you killed it that's <laughs> the, masha i'm sorry it, and there's a common name marsha in our i know in, okay so it's just you know my yeah i human know i did it on, on my coffee cups all the time <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, they forgot the R. We'll put it in there and help her. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, I think she um, she misspells her name. Let me help her. <laughs> so I, I so I have this thing that I like to call monkey see, monkey do. Mm-hmm. Right? You look at a group of people, you see what the monkeys are doing, and then you go do that. Right? Mm-hmm. It kind of like is a menu for your options in life. You mm-hmm. know, it's like if I see a guy, like let's say I'm a 12 year old male, right, and I see a 30 year old male doing some very specific task. I imagine that I'm like him because we're humans are anthropomorphic and that's like something we do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I see that as an option in life. And so it's a fair argument to say that the more imagery that you have of females programming, the more younger women will see that that's an option for them. And then therefore there is more likelihood of having them, having more of them in the field. Right. Exactly. I think that's the win. I think that's like where all the energy should be placed. I agree that there are some like total dicks out there, like as guys, like there's like, well, I think they're, they're rare, right? Because of my experience, in my experience, they are rare that are like, oh no, we don't want women or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's one in a hundred for me to run into. But I think that the win would be just constantly putting out there. I'm a female and I'm programming. I'm a female. I'm writing code is cool. I'm a female and this is it. And like, that's the conversation that actually solves the problem. And I love that that's what you're doing. Definitely. And there are so many, obviously, super talented women who are also doing it and putting it out on Instagram um, and inspiring the next generation of female programmers. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite uh, female programmers is Sandy Metz and to be honest with you, it took me a long time to even know she was female because I was just reading her book. <laughs> oh my God. Like, because you can't, there's not much, you know, options for sex to come up in a book on testing Ruby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? So what, when you work with the, uh, 
have you have you met the other uh, coding influencers like Brandy or Steph? Have you met them in person or do you just interact with them digitally? Uh, so far, it's been digital because I only moved to the U.S. Uh, in November. So I was across the Atlantic from them not that long ago. So it was all digital, but I'm really hoping to meet a lot of these people in person um, because they're amazing and they inspire me so much. Yeah, I know that they're all very entrepreneurial and they all understand. And earlier when you and I were talking about like, you know, how much are you coding, right? I noticed that the teachers and the figures seem to be the most influential mm -hmm. and, you know, they have a background and they understand how it works and stuff, but it's, it's really the, the educators that have a lot of the influence. So you don't necessarily have to be programming, you know, eight hours a day to understand how to communicate programming. Definitely, definitely. You just have to, I don't know, you have to be able to um, interact with the community and understand what their needs are and basically answer those needs, address those needs. Do you ever have girls that reach out to you that are like against what you're doing or are they all like 100% for it? Um, I haven't had any females reach out to me um, being against what I'm doing. There was one instance when somebody was saying that I shouldn't um, portray blondes as an inferior group um, in technology and that I'm capitalizing on the name. And um, I responded politely saying, hey, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is a stereotype or at least, you know, when coming from a country where stereotypes are much a much stronger concept. I want to break those stereotypes because in Russia, we have so many different jokes about blondes and how they're stupid and all that stuff. I've experienced that um, discrimination because of my hair color. And I thought that th this would be f a fun play on words to use. Well, it's smart branding. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's really good because it, it's instantly, it's catchy. You, you kind of know what's going on. And then, you know, whenever you're doing anything, there's people that hate you, right? Oh, definitely. Like, the people hate me right now. <laughs> they, they just do. I, I had to just be okay with that. I put out an article that like 99% of the people agree with, but that if I reach 10,000 people, I get 100 people telling me I'm a moron. Yeah, exactly. The moment you re reach people who don't agree with you, that's when you know you are putting out content and people are discovering it because otherwise it might be just your friends. <laughs> so that, that's, that's a great sign when somebody does, doesn't agree with you and you will always get haters. Haters have way too much time. <laughs> right? It's like all they're doing is sitting around being angry at life and I'm like, all right, I'm doing something. They're, they're, if exactly. I don't do anything, they're commenting, you lazy bum, you're not doing anything. If I am doing something, they're commenting that, what are you talking about, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I just kind of, um, I found that I just surround myself with all the positive people and then just like block out the, the negative people. I think that's the best strategy. It's working well so far because like the fact that you want to come on the show and talk to me, right? And hang out with me and talk about these things is positive, right? Definitely. Like, yeah. You're a positive person. You're interesting to talk to. I, I always have the struggle of there's like things that I want to know. And I just not sure how to ask them. And I never want to like have anybody like feel like I'm being offensive or like off putting. But at the same time, I'm just trying to ask questions like I can understand. Yeah, completely. I can completely relate to that. 
Yeah, that's why when when Jake and I we were preparing for the interview, and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to like do too much of this. Like, I've got lots of questions, but I don't want to get in. Like, I don't want to bother her. Like, I don't want it to go. Like, I want to, I want to have like. I want Masha to love me, right? <laughs> it's like we want to high five and like provide the listeners some like great value about what's happening with the coding influencers. Obviously, this uh, stereotype and female thing is a big thing that's happening. People are talking about it. Lots of followers on Instagram and it's changing. And we had a great productive conversation about, you know, how how I believe that the best way to to make a, a change is to show yourself, you know, like doing it. Like even if you're not Definitely. programming, I would be taking pictures with like code structures all day. Right. Definitely. Because that's the goal. And I, and you know, I'm a hardcore programmer and like, I'm, I'm saying like, that's cool. I'm going to get 800 emails after this telling me to screw off because it's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I want, I want people to pursue their passion. There's like a reason why you're passionate about it. Right. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes you just need a little push. Yeah, you do you, right? Yes. You push forward, ignore the haters, and if anything ever comes up and you need backup, you need like to build up a team, you've got your your influencer team, you also have me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any anything so our audience is primarily CTOs, chief technology mm-hmm. officers. And yeah, it's definitely like 99.999% male. And I invite, I intentionally seek out and invite the females on. And we actually have, you know, a handful of them coming on the show. I've asked all of them I could find and uh, to come on and we have someone coming on. So I'm super excited about that. But anything, any, uh, anything that you think would be relevant to them, they all have some sort of marketing department. Some of them are startup CTOs, I meaning it's just them and a business partner. Other of them have like 600 a thousand employees. So I guess value would be brought to the the smaller and middle-sized companies about their Instagram following or about their social media presence. Do you have any, any tips or anything that comes to mind that you would share with them? Um, I would say treat it uh, not as a channel, but as a community. Um, make sure that you're talking to your followers and you are building that community around your brand, around your business, because that is key. And I feel like this is where all social media is heading. It's this community feel. Well, did you see Facebook's big announcement? Uh, which one? Uh, I think it just happened last night where they're they're dropping their, um, their stock price dropped 10% because they put a press release out saying that they're taking the focus of the newsfeed away from related content and putting it back on meaningful human interactions with each other. Um, I actually didn't see that, but good for them. Not good for the business, but good for them as a platform to regain that uh, community feel and users back because I feel like users stopped, um, or at least this is my usage of uh, the platform. I've stopped using it as much because I started getting content that's not super relevant for me. But that's that's great that they're switching back to human. This is how it all started, right? Absolutely. And I was thinking, wow, this is great that their stock price dropped. I'm going to go buy some. It's on sale right now because <laughs> all these people, their price is dropping because they're all they're a bunch of idiots that don't understand the market. They're provide Facebook's providing more value to its users. Exactly. They're going to win longer term. They're going to win. Yeah. So that's that's a time to go buy the stock. When, when, when a platform starts making the platform better for their people, 
instead of money, that's when you go buy that company. That's when you go purchase and, and get involved with that. So exactly. And I'm sure Facebook will be able to capitalize um, one way or another um, and build up the stock prices back in, you know, quite a short period of time. So oh, yeah. I think this is this is amazing because they're getting the user base to be more committed to them. That's great. Yeah, and we're not a financial show, but our our position is definitely buy Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Where where are you going to be in 10 years? Oh, in 10 years. Oh my god. Yeah. You're going to be in VR? Oh, I don't even know. To be honest, my my plans don't go as far as um, as that at the moment. I would like to be. I don't even know what country I'll be in. <laughs> I want to. I still want to travel the world and do the whole digital nomad thing. Um, maybe in a year's time or within the next five years. That, that's a dream of mine, um, being able to work from anywhere. But I don't know, maybe VR, maybe more content stuff. I definitely want to write a book and um, I want to write a book for, for children. Oh, I have a children's book. Yeah. Yeah, for, for you know, introducing them to coding and Ooh. all that fun stuff. Um, I actually have ideas that come to me during the night and I have to make sure I'm uh, writing them down because otherwise uh, they escape really easily. But yeah, that's, that's the plan. Hopefully we'll write a book. Uh, we'll continue to produce content on whatever medium or platform uh, we'll, that will be the most uh, convenient for users to use and interact with. And I really hope to help more women to get into tech. You know, I have a, a family foundation that I'm the president of, mm -hmm. and we make children's books that are related to STEM, yes, mm -hmm. science, technology, and mathematics. And we have one called The Princess Physicist. Oh, wow. And it's this princess who goes up into a tower, but instead of use, instead of a man coming and saving her, she finds a book on physics under the bed and uses physics to get herself out of the tower. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, and we printed them up, uh, 10,000 of them, and then donated to homeless pregnant women and uh, foster kids and things like that. That's awesome. That's just what we did in our spare time. Me, me my brother, and my sister. I, I wrote the books. I hired <clears throat> illustrator. Uh, we, my mom passed away, so we took her life insurance money and then that's what we did with it. That's a great, great cause. Seriously. I'm very impressed. I thought about it cause I was having a daughter and I was like, I want my daughter to know like about physics and like cool stuff. Like I want her to know about really cool stuff. So I'll, I'll, um, after the show, we'll get your, I'll have Jenny get your information and we'll send you uh, a copy of each of the books. Oh, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And when you go to write your children's books. You call me up, you send me a message, whatever you want. I'll give you access to all my resources, my editors, my designers, and you could just talk to them directly. They're all, you know, they're all freelance. So I'll just put you in contact with them. That way you can see, you can see the book that came out, right? I'll send it to you 100% free. We just send it to you. So you'll see the quality of it. I'll tell you the supplier, the manufacturer who we talked to. You can see the illustrator. You can see the editor of the book. I'll give you all the information that you, uh, about how we, how we did the project. And that way, if you feel so inspired to, uh, to do that children's book on code, you have a, a roadmap and it was a lot of work figuring it all out. <laughs> Thank you so much. I can imagine uh, that would be an invaluable resource. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. 
So we're always here to help. Our, our whole thing is like to give as much value as we possibly can. So anything you ever need us, we're here. Thank you. Same goes to you. And if you ever want to talk about social media or Instagram, yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. Done. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.